Welcome to Living Box Free. Our mission is to help you break out of the box of worldly expectations. We're here to help you find your unique journey to a healthy, fulfilled life. Hello, welcome to Living Box Free. I'm Ashleen. And I'm Becky. We are so glad that you are here with us. There are an awful lot of podcasts you could listen to, so shout out to you for joining us here today. Also, shout out to those of you who were upset that we didn't release a new episode two weeks ago. I got several comments three weeks ago, whenever that was. Never so, have I felt so like complimented by people being upset. I know, right? <laughs> it was really, it was delightful. And if if you were upset because you're joining the, or joining, you're enjoying this podcast, yeah. go leave us a rating yes. and a review on iTunes. So that we can reach more people. Yes. And we are going to do a random selection. A couple of lucky box breakers listeners are going to get some free shirts, superhero Shirts. Hey Heyo. Designed by Becky. <laughs> With your input. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so go leave us a rating and a review. We would love it. And we will do that drawing here in just a little bit. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So today we are talking about feedback. And if you're like, wait, you already did that. Well, yes, we did. We talked about giving feedback. But today we're going to focus on receiving feedback because those are two very different skills. And I'm excited to talk about it. I got coached just yesterday. I didn't do a great job of receiving said feedback. (laughs) I'm looking forward to learning more about that today (laughs) and figuring out how I can do better. So before we do that, what's on the rise for you this week, Becky? Barnanas. Excuse me? That is what is on the rise (laughs) for me this week. If you, so, oh gosh, Ash and I, we're really trying to be committed and be super like, hit some goals fitness wise. However, we both were saying there's been like one day this week, we've just eaten whatever we wanted. And for me, my new obsession is this thing called barnanas. And it is basically like a dried banana that's been dipped in peanut butter and they're like little balls and they're absolutely delicious. All right. I said a lot of sugar, carbs, fat, yeah, everything I love. I mean, it sounds it sounds great. I'm going to buy you some just to I'm, try. I'm on board. And if you don't like them, I'll eat all of them. Okay. okay. <laughs> what a sacrifice. What Thank a sacrifice. So What's you, on the rest? When you first said that, though, yeah. did you, I forget if we've talked about this, did you read the Saddle Club books growing up? We did talk about this. I read a few, but I, don't, okay. I was not like a loyal. Okay. Because one of the places of they went regularly was the bar nun ranch and that's what i oh, yeah. thought of immediately when you said barnanas I don't so this is like a nostalgic yes. connects to your childhood the bar nun ranch anyway yeah okay uh, uh what's me? on the rise for you <laughs> on the rise well slight sh- subject shift here or tone shift uh yeah i've been pretty depressed lately the last week or so that we've been um as we're recording this podcast and yeah, it's been rough it's i go through seasons and people a couple of people this week have asked me, like, are you going to adjust your medication? And I'm like, well, no, because typically my medication helps with everyday life. And then I just hit these down weeks or down few days. And that the medication doesn't seem to help with those. I just have to get through those. So mm-hmm. that's how that's been what's been on the rise for me trying to get through the week. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Thanks. I hope that today podcasting and going and doing a long workout. <laughs> Friday is usually the best day of the week. Yes. I got to say. Yes. So, awesome. Good. Yeah. Well, today we are going to talk about the other side of feedback. And specifically, if I were to if I were to identify one of the top secrets of success for high performers, high achievers, it's people who are coachable. And I was 
looking up research and statistics and it's very hard to find data of like people who are coachable are this much more successful because it's kind of a how do you define coachable all of that however a lot of companies I did find from a talent assessment or talent management standpoint learning agility um, that is a key competency that a lot of companies look at which goes into being coachable learning new things so coachability from a career standpoint, huge, but then also from a relational standpoint and just even like learning new skills that you're interested in. Maybe you want to learn how to do woodworking or paint or pottery. You have to be coached to learn how to do those new skills. Yeah. So this is for a plethora of reasons. Today, we're going to talk first off briefly, why is being coachable important? Then we're going to jump into real quick, high level. What does it mean to be coachable? What does that look like? And then the bulk of today, we're going to talk about five key traits that humans need in order to be coachable. Okay. Kay. As opposed to like monkeys? Uh, you know, monkeys, they they actually did studies on them for this. So they've contributed. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> humans. I just want to say humans, okay. I think. All right. Yeah. I love it. Five key traits that all of us All of need. us. Yes, monkeys and humans. (laughs) Monkeys, keep listening. This is for you too. (laughs) Okay, why being coachable is important. I'm just going to list a few things. Ash, feel free to chime in. Great. Being coachable, it gives us the ability to see ourselves more clearly. And when we think about seeing ourselves, perspectives are all so different. And being coachable allows us to broaden what we're able to see. Because no matter what and how you know, we might love to think we can see it all. We really can't. And we might be perceived a different way than what our intent is or what we're thinking. So seeing ourselves more clearly, it increases our self-awareness. It also helps us see others more clearly. So by listening to others and how they see that, we're able to be aware of other people's thoughts, feelings, uh, emotions as we're working with them. We also learn how to respond better. So when we're being coached, Oftentimes we tend to respond with our innate personality characteristics. Some people might be more challenging or more defensive. My sister and I have talked about this a lot. She she has really had to work on her self-awareness. She is very honest. And when people will ask her a question, and as children, people would ask her questions and she would respond very honestly and it would hurt people's feelings. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so she had to get feedback and be coached on how to respond better. And now she, she is still honest, but she knows how to package it and deliver it in a way that can be received by people who might be more sensitive. Yes. And I need, I need her to coach me. We'll come back to that. <laughs> I, I will say she, she is very open about that. And even as her sister, knowing her all of her life, uh, it's, it's cool to see how, she has changed the way that she responds to people Mm -hmm. and she can be very aware and not just react with your natural tendency, but think before you speak. Yeah. A few other things here. I, it it, allows us to identify our strengths and weaknesses when we're being coachable. Sometimes you might have strengths that you're not even aware of, which is super cool. And people might say, Hey, did you know that you are a very, you're very coordinated. You're very talented. You, Ash, you can have a career in gymnastics <laughs> or <laughs> so many people have said that to me. So many people I just haven't believed them. Uh, or it could be, you know, that first time you're in school and you sing in choir class and your choir teacher says, wow, Tristan, you have a fantastic voice or Shyla, you sound like an angel. <laughs> <laughs> 
you just sometimes it takes that outside perspective to yeah. identify those strengths and yes, weaknesses as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that allows us to either harness and leverage those things that we're innately good at our talents and be even better. Or if there's something we're interested in becoming better at a weakness, it gives us that opportunity to really be aware of that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's a blind spot that you just are totally oblivious to. And that enables us to work on improving that area. I think that's a great point because we often think of receiving feedback as always being negative. Mm-hmm. So it's really helpful to remember that it can also be calling out good things in people yes, and challenging them to that. Yeah. I'll never forget in college, and this is like my FFA days, I was an FFA state officer and I just loved I mean, the role that in that officer position was to connect with members and help them find their passion, whether it's leadership or agriculture. And I never thought about going any higher in the organization. And I remember two different people, two coaches of mine, Miss Kane and Jackie McClaskey, they both were like, Becky, have you thought about running to serve at the national level? You just connect so well. It's so natural to you. And I was like, no, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. <laughs> and and I would not have even pursued that opportunity to serve at a national level. Yeah. And I took a year off college to do that and travel. I wouldn't have even thought of that if those two coaches of mine didn't tell me, hey, this kind of th- suits you. you and that's seem- how a star was born. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing my blue corduroy jacket as we speak. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> I could be. I have it in the closet right over here. Oh, so that so once again, yes, feedback and being coachable can be a good thing. Uh, last piece here, it improves specific skills or competencies. I have a lot of people at work specifically who, whether it's business acumen or maybe it is presentation skills, uh, there's multiple different competencies that we need to improve. Specifically, I think about in the career space, and that's a part of people's development plans. Identifying a coach is a great way to help fill that gap and improve. And a coach can truly be just for specific skills. It could be a coach for singing or a piano coach. Uh, It doesn't always have to be a life coach. Mm -hmm. So that's another area where being coachable can really benefit us. Yeah. So those are some reasons why being coachable is important. What does it mean to be coachable? A couple of thoughts here. A person who is coachable not only responds well when given feedback, they thank others for feedback. So that's what being, if you, if you do that, you're already someone who is good at being coachable. That's one of those characteristics. <laughs> I have a text to send later today. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that feedback. Thank I actually, you for the feedback. <laughs> um, Ash and I talked about this. My supervisor and I, this was like two weeks ago, we're talking about some stuff and I gave her some feedback on a meeting and I was a little confused about how it went. And she emailed me that night and was like, Hey, thank you for your conversation and being open with me. Here's what I took feedback wise. And I was like, wow, I am impressed. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So very, so thanking people for feedback, knowing it is a gift. We talked about that in our other episode. Another piece here, if you're coachable, um, you view the input from others as a valuable tool in your development. So it is a gift. It is a tool. I think I mentioned this in the feedback one. Brene Brown says being clear is being kind, Mm -hmm. being unclear is being unkind. And so it is a valuable tool when people are clear to you and telling you areas that you can improve from their perspective. Finally here, they also are willing to take actions and make personal changes based on feedback. So that is another 
key, if you're, if that, you're that person, you take action, you try it out. And I was always told you can be given a lot of feedback and it doesn't mean you need to do it all, but maybe just try it once. Mm-hmm. If they say, Hey, try to pause in your speech or Hey, when you sing, try to hit this note differently or whatever. I'm not yeah. a singer. So <laughs> <laughs> try to sing louder, louder, <laughs> Sing from your diaphragm? Yeah, there you go. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well, it's breathe from your diaphragm, but you're you're doing great. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Breathe from your diaphragm. (laughs) So those are the people who take action on it and try it out. That's another Something that we used to talk about in communications training a lot was that the communications training itself was designed to stretch the rubber band. So like if your communication skills are a rubber band, we're trying to stretch them out farther Mm. past where you would normally go. So making your gestures way bigger than normal, making you talk even louder than you necessarily should. So that when you kind of return to normal, your comfort zone is a little bit bigger. It's a little bit more stretched out. So that's what I'm something I'm thinking about here as you're trying different things that people suggest taking that feedback. Yeah. Maybe you don't stick with it as firmly or as, yeah, as strongly, I guess, as they suggested it, but it's something that you try and it pushes you out of your comfort zone. Yes. I love that, that visual because I've also heard people say, well, I want to be authentic to myself. I don't want to change who I am. Right. This is just who I am. And so like what you just said, it is, you know, here's, here's someone's opinion. We're stretching you, but you're Mm -hmm. still going to, that band's going to come back. You're still going to be yourself, but you're going to have adapted a little bit or learned how to connect a little bit better. Yeah. Not changing who you are. Yep. Yep. I love that. Okay, let's jump into five key traits that you need, humans and monkeys, to be coachable. <laughs> and I will say I did I did a lot of research. One of my favorite places, and I combined a few things, but overall Forbes, there's a few articles there uh, around being coachable. And so a lot of this uh, I compiled from some of that. We can put, put the link in the notes. Mm-hmm. First trait, humility. Is that surprising? No. No? <laughs> Humility teaches that there are things we need to do that we cannot do on our own. Mm. That's hard to accept sometimes. It is. It really mm-hmm. is. Only humility can teach us that the most important things we need to learn require fundamental changes in our behavior and our outlook. And I really like this. Humility itself, for, itself, for example, can't be at- attained by reading a book or taking a class. Humility requires a change of your heart rather your mind. So you can tell yourself like, I need to take this feedback. I know I need to improve, but you could still physically reject it if your heart isn't in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. That's challenging. It is. And, and one of the actions we can take here from a humility standpoint, once again, it's really changing. How do you change your heart to truly, and for me, it's being vulnerable to accepting that you're not great at everything. Yeah. That, that helps me to really make sure my heart is, is humble and ask for feedback. One of the things that I, I really think about when we first started my husband and I CrossFit together in Kansas, I ended up quitting and it was because I had too big of an ego and walking into that CrossFit class and then trying to get me to overhead squat a barbell and I couldn't, I cried and I left Yeah, and I could not stand being bad. Yeah. And then it was, wasn't until we came back or we moved here. We didn't come back. We moved to Indiana and I was like, okay, I'll try this thing again. And it wasn't until that point where I could truly be humble and say, okay, 
I suck at this. <laughs> and it's okay to yeah. not be good at everything. And yeah. for me, that was hard because I wanted to be, I wanted to be good. I didn't want to be bad. And mm-hmm. most people don't. But then I was like, you know what? This is healthy for me. I enjoy the group atmosphere. I like being with my husband. I'm meeting new friends. I'm just going to f- swallow my pride and accept that I'm really bad. And I'm just going to take it one step at a time and try to progress. And over time, it wasn't until I was humbled Mm-hmm. that I was able to actually improve. Yeah. When I wasn't humble and I had my ego, I didn't improve at all. I just quit and I got angry. So I don't I don't know if you have any similar experiences there with humility. Well, first of all, spoiler alert, she became very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think yeah, I was thinking about there's a um a bull, no, not bulletin board, but, uh corkboard? Big sign. Billboard. Billboard. There we go. (laughs) All right. There's a billboard between the gym and my house right now that has a picture. I think it's for the Y. I'm not even 100% sure what what it's for, but I, I think it's for the Y. And it has this picture of this woman doing yoga. And it says, if you're bad at something long enough, you'll get good at it. And I, every time I, every time I drive by it, it bothers me. Cause I'm like, if you're just consistently bad at something, you're not going to get good at it. Like that's mm-hmm. not how you get good at something. But I, I am willing to admit now hearing your first point about humility, that it does, you have to be willing to be bad at something. Mm-hmm. So I understand their point there. You have to be willing to fail. You have to be willing to, to recognize that you are not perfect. You're not great mm-hmm. at everything. And that's just how it is. And but then you do need that outside help to yes. become good at something. You can't just keep being bad at something and keep being bad at something and keep being bad at something and eventually get good at it without outside help. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great, but no. It would be wonderful. Yes, yes. <laughs> and and I mean, just you you know, CrossFit, I once I swallowed my pride and I was humble, I didn't just become good at it. It was I was bad and I had a lot of coaches in my life. Yeah. And it's kind of convenient when you are married to a coach. Yes. <laughs> you get lots of feedback. Yes. Yes. I think also I was thinking about this in terms of my coaching coached coached moment yesterday mm-hmm. of I ended it kind of saying, okay, I'll work on it. And my leader slash friend said, well, you already are working on it. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll continue working on it. <laughs> I was kind of, I was kind of <laughs> pissed at that point, but um, I, I think it's important also to note that you don't have to be bad at something to be coached at it. You can already be working on something and you can already, it's that recognition that it is a process that you want to keep developing. I do. I want to keep growing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be the same person again. And I think I've said that like four times now on this podcast, but I don't want to be the same person in a year that I am today. And so I want to keep growing and it's not because I'm bad at something that I'm getting coached on it. It's because I want to grow. But that Beautiful. requires humility. Yes. <laughs> First one, humility. Okay. I love that we have such a relevant, like just happened <laughs> example with you. Yeah, I love it too. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. uh, we can tell. Okay. <laughs> the second trait is action. This is so key. If we aren't willing to actually take that feedback and try it out and act upon it, then it's pointless. So a key trait here is action. When you receive feedback, and this is another thing, you might receive some feedback where people might say, hey, you came off this way, or hey, this didn't sound great when you, I'm going to use singing again, when you sang this <laughs> lyric, 
if, if they just give you that, you need to be specific and ask for suggestions for improvement. So when we say you need to act upon it, sometimes we do get feedback that doesn't include that action and we need to ask for suggestions. And that person might not know. They might just be like, oh, I don't know. It sounded off or yeah. gosh, I don't know. Let me think about it. And that's a trigger for you to even either follow up with them or maybe it's seek an outside opinion from someone else to yeah. get those suggestions. I remember one time I was <laughs> speaking in front of a very large group of college students and I, it was like a, a conference. It was a conference. And so it was just the first day. And I think I got up and did some sort of introduction and then got off stage. And the stage manager or production manager was like, that was really awkward. And I was, I said, okay. <laughs> um, it didn't feel that awkward to me. Like it felt a little awkward because I feel like intros usually are, mm-hmm. but what, what felt awkward to you? And he said, I don't know. It just felt awkward. And I'm like, well, okay, that's, I appreciate that. And I would love to do something about it, but I don't know what to do. So I think, yeah, giving that not only unsolicited feedback, but Mm -hmm. unactionable feedback, not helpful. Yes. So go listen to our feedback. Yes. (laughs) Episode. (laughs) Yes. Whoever that that person, that person is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So action, taking action. That is the second key trait. The third, I think this one's kind of cool, 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 (laughs) words are hard today, purity of purpose. So knowing your why, right? This really helps us to be coachable and Ash just shared a beautiful why. She doesn't want to be the same person she was in the past. She does want to continually improve and it makes it easier to receive feedback when you know that why. And your why might be that you want to advance in your career and you want to take on more responsibility or earn more money for your family. Like that could be your why as well. There's lots of different whys out there. The people who are really good at being coachable, they understand that overarching why they're receiving this feedback and it might hurt or it might be painful to swallow right now, but there is a positive reason for it in the long run. And and I would even suggest writing that down. If there's a specific, whether it's your career goals or maybe it's a personal goal. Why, why is receiving feedback going to be helpful for you? Is that going to make you a healthier person? Maybe you're going to lose 50 pounds and be able to feel better or whatever. Or maybe once again, you're going to advance in your career. Write that purpose down and that just, it really allows you to open up your heart, be humble and receive that feedback. Two more traits here. Willingness to surrender control. <laughs> Hmm. Yes. I thought this was interesting. Many people will not give up control until they have seen the results. Huh. So a lot of people don't want to give up control. So someone might say, Hey, try this. And you'd be like, no, 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 I don't want to try that. I, I don't know if it'll work. Right. Uh, okay. And so yeah. people don't like to give up control until they know that yep. the result's going to be what they want. And it actually, um, some of the stuff I was reading, it actually talked about Sometimes it takes a crisis for someone to give up control. Yeah. Yeah. And as I think about this, giving up control, it it's having a coach and people who you truly trust. I yeah. think that makes a big difference. And trusting the process and the journey. And a lot of times this is so difficult because when we're getting feedback in the moment, you you don't know those results until the future. And so you just, you need to, be comfortable with not controlling everything because if we keep that control, it's probably going to be what we've always done and we're probably going to get the same results. Mm -hmm. 
When you say give up control, what does that actually look like? When I think give up control, I mean, for me, what I take that as is, for example, let's say that I've been doing a a training at work for a year and someone says, I really want you to try this different format. And instead of you facilitating it all, I want you to try to bring in these other two or three people, coach them on how to do it and, and let them do it. For me, that's very hard because... Like I know how the program goes. I know how I run it, blah, blah, blah. So I think parts of that is giving up the control in you having the master plan and Mm -hmm. allowing someone else to contribute to that architect of that plan. I, yeah, that makes sense. I have discovered recently as I've been being coached that I like to explain the reasons why I do it the way that I do it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that really just is processing out loud for me of like, well, this is why I'm, I did what I did. It doesn't make it right. And I'm not even trying to say that it's right. But for me, it's having that, that understanding of, okay, this is why I said it the way I said it, or this is why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling and why I reacted the way that I reacted. And then being able to acknowledge that as, you know, reasonable or makes sense and give that up. And yes. say, okay, even though I've been doing this because of this reason, and I mean, the, the example from yesterday, it makes sense. I was talking to my leader or a leader about basically leading up. I was trying to lead up in a meeting. It didn't go over very well. <laughs> I was a little too direct, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, so my friend was calling me out on it and, and trying to coach me through it of basically, okay, well, how can you be direct without being harsh and kind of what, you know, you were talking about with your sister. Mm -hmm. And I needed to process verbally that the reason I have a hard time with that is it's very difficult for me to be direct without being aggressive. So I can be very kind and sweet and non-direct and Mm -hmm. vague, or I can be very direct and it's really hard for me to find a middle ground. But I Mm -hmm. needed to process out loud that that's what's difficult and then I realized part of it is that I don't feel like it should be my problem because I'm, it's, it was my bosses that I was trying to lead up. Like I was trying to be the better person in the room and it's not my responsibility. And she, she basically said, well, either, you know, you have to lead up well and figure out how to make it work or decide that you don't care. And I was like, ah, okay. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think trying to process through that, that setting aside those reasons, because we always have reasons that we do things. We're not mm-hmm. just like, it goes back to what was that thing about, you know, why would a reasonable, rational, rational personal. person do yeah. this? Or monkey. Yeah, or monkey. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, we don't want to discriminate. Yeah. And so, yeah, we know we have reasons. And so being willing to set those aside and say, yes, I want to move forward. Yes. I think that's a really good example. I even just think about like in the church setting, I can think of pastors over the years being coached and and saying, "Hey, you're not going to take notes up there or we're going to we're going to use this uh different I don't I'm probably butchering this, but like we're going to use this different teleprompter mm-hmm. or clock or whatever." And I'm sure like there's just those moments where you can rationalize why we've always why I've do, done it this way um and not want to try something new or it's just difficult to to navigate knowing, okay, if I do this differently, if I am, how do I find this direct, 
I still care, but nice. How do I do that? It's just, it's more difficult when Mm -hmm. it's not our natural, our natural habit or the way that we would want to receive it and understanding that other people might want that differently. Yeah. Control. (sighs) Yes. Uh, Let's talk about our last one. Uh, This one's pretty, yeah, pretty cool. The final trait to being coachable is having faith. Having faith that the feedback and you taking those difficult steps to implement it, it's hard. Change is hard. We talked about change, but having faith that that will lead to the results that you want. Hmm. When I think about one of my most difficult coaching experiences, it was in college and I was getting coached a lot each week. And this was actually for FFA stuff. And I was basically told Becky, you don't know enough about the ag industry. You need to study up. Becky, you should wear your hair up because your hair down doesn't look good with your official dress. Just like random stuff that was hard to swallow. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, Becky, you talk out of the side of your mouth. Make sure you're not doing that. Don't slouch. All that stuff. Mm -hmm. Just a bunch of feedback overload. And I had to have faith that all of that difficult feedback people who are critiquing not only my knowledge, but my appearance and how I came off that in the long run, it would, it would benefit me by either helping me get the position I was running for or benefit me in future roles I might have. And it was really hard because I actually remember crying multiple times. I was like, Oh, thank you for that feedback. And I go home (laughs) to my apartment. My roommates be like, Hey, what's up? And I'm like, I'm just crying in here. It's fine. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm growing. They want my hair up, not down. Uh, so it, it it's having that faith and it did like all of that feedback. When I look back, I'm like, wow, that was really a difficult time in my life. However, that has catapulted me, my self-awareness, my ability to interact with others drastically. I have a lot of great updos now. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so it's having faith because in the moment it's hard. It is yeah. hard to be coached. It's hard to be, I mean, what you just mentioned about yesterday, that's difficult to take because sometimes it does feel like super personal and people they're telling you it cause they care mm-hmm. about you and they want to help you continue to improve. And that feedback, just trusting that, okay, I'm going to try this out and I'm going to have faith that it will result in positive change for me, yeah. even though I can't see that in the moment. And I think having that mindset of that rubber band again in this scenario, because not every piece of feedback that you try is going to work. Yes. But it could stretch you and help you to grow and adapt so that the next time when you find something that will work, you're willing to do it or you're able to do it. Yeah. I just think of so many things in CrossFit progressions Mm -hmm. where people are like, okay, just practice getting your hips to the bar. Yeah. Or just practice touching your shoulders when you're upside down on the wall. And I'm just like, man, this is stupid. (laughs) I don't, this isn't fun. And then someday, okay, the handstand walking still hasn't happened for me, but someday, maybe someday you're like, oh my gosh, I just got my first muscle up or I just got my first chest to bar. All those days where I was like, man, this stinks. Is this even worth it? And then, and then it clicks and it's just having that faith and trusting the process. Yeah. And maybe there were some things that you could have skipped, but you didn't know what they were. And it's, building that inner grind, Mm -hmm. that grit and willingness to keep working toward that goal. Yes. Today, hopefully this helped you. As we talked about giving feedback a couple episodes back, we recognize, okay, we talked a lot about giving. It's really important for us to receive feedback. And we encourage you all to ask, 
ask people who you trust for feedback. And it can be you wanting to grow as a person in your relationships, or it could be career feedback, or maybe it's a specific skill. So go seek that feedback and have a humble heart to recognize no one is perfect. We all, all of us, 100% of the time, have areas we can improve and have faith that that feedback can help you over time achieve your goals. And just, I love that we end with grind and grit. Just stick with it. Uh, There's a great quote in true living box free fashion. I can't remember who said it. (laughs) There's a great quote that says, the people who succeed are the ones who just don't quit. Mm. Yes. So tell us who said that quote, because I don't know, (laughs) but I like it. Tag us in that (laughs) quote on Instagram. Well, thank you guys so much for listening on how to be coachable, the secret to success. We hope that you get some good feedback this week and beyond that you can implement and achieve your goals. Talk to you next time. Bye.